hope you're having a great time listening to the podcast um it is sponsorship time and we are brought to you once again um by the legends over at four links uh, what is four links uh, four links is a multi uh, golf course uh, membership where you pay a monthly fee and in return you get points you then use these points to play play in nevada play in california even play in Arizona, three states full of courses. Um, they're very community-driven, very customer-focused, and they're all about creating experience for the customer, which is why they've now um, launched um, their fantasy golf platform where you can utilize your points, enter tournaments, play against your friends, go in head-to-heads, play in leagues, and acquire and accumulate points, then go and use to play. So you can enjoy golf, you can enjoy having a bit of banter with your friends, um, you can enjoy watching it, and then you get rewarded by getting points to then play. Not only that, we're at a very immature stage of the platform. Um, as we see this marketplace develop and mature, we're going to see new product offerings, new things to use your points for. You can already use them to, to buy apparel, uh, to buy lessons, etc. But expect that marketplace to develop um, as time goes on. I'm going to stop the ad there. Those guys are amazing. Go check them out. Um, Back to the podcast. What is up, everyone? Uh, welcome to Just Jack's Just Chat. Um, it's season two. It's episode five. Um, and I'm really, really excited about this one. Um, I've never found a brand, I don't think, um, or a person behind the brand that I've studied um, that's resonated so closely with how I feel about um, the game of golf and, and how I think it should be viewed. Not that I think it should be viewed but no, in, in, in a particular way, um, just that I, I, I really do love the angle that these guys um, are, co- are coming at it from. Um, and I've got Luke Davis on. Luke's uh, the founder and CEO of, of Lion Loft. Um, so I guess without further ado, Luke, how are we? Oh, we're doing just dandy. Just Thanks dandy. for having me on. Yeah, good, yeah. good, good to hear, man. I'm, I'm, no, I'm really, really excited to, uh, to chop it up with you. Um, I guess the, the 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 sort of the uh, what we like to do first, Luke. We we always like to dive into the origin story of our guests, right? Like the comic book story, like how golf happened for you. Like, tell us, like, how did a golf club end up in your hand, um, and why are you now sitting on the other, on the other side of the world um, as the founder of, of Lion Loft? What do you hope to bring to the to the golf industry as well? Yeah, golf and I have had a long and off and on relationship for sure. Um, <laughs> it starts back to before my earliest memories, my dad flew F-16s in the military, in the air force, wow. and we were stationed overseas in Spain. And just so happened, there was a, a golf course on the military base and we lived on the second fairway. And so he would play in his off time and at the time I was about one and a half so you know mobile scooting around a little bit and super interested and curious and everything going on around me um they had gotten me 
I remember for just seeing like old VHS tapes, these plastic kids golf clubs, you know, that are mm. pretty standard. Um, but anytime he'd be out there playing, I would just beg my mom to let me go out there um, and go up on the tee box with him. And he, he always tells this one story of I get out there and take his club, you know, which is way too long and big for me <laughs> and stand up there and big old swing stripe it like 50 yards straight down the middle. And one of the guys in the group had topped his tee shot and I actually outdrove him as like a one and a half year old. So there's, he's like, from that day, I knew golf would be part of your life and definitely took a back seat. Uh, my parents un- unfortunately split when I was four and I grew up with my mom. Um, really in the middle of, of nowhere. We, I grew up in upstate New York, which is kind of a playground as a kid, um, lived in the middle of the woods and, you know, golf was not really something that was prevalent in the Northeast and, and the area I was and mm. the types of winters that we endured. Um, I remember as a kid, just shoveling snow, what seemed like for half the year, um, off of our we'd have to get up on the roof and shovel the roof off. Otherwise it could collapse. We'd shovel off, shovel off all of our decks and walkways. I used to have to plow the driveway. (laughs) Our house was actually heated with wood. So another childhood responsibility of mine was to go down and chop trees down and cut up and stack and load the lumber every day. So, um, as a kid, you know, I was always active, always outdoors and in that area, um, <clears throat> had a lot of friends that also lived in the countryside, you know, it's not like there wasn't other people living up there. Um, and we were just always outdoors. Right. And mm. as a kid, I played baseball, basketball, soccer, football, tennis, swam. Uh, and yes, that would include golf. Uh, I'd play golf in the summertime, just a couple times a year when not playing baseball growing up. And, uh, yeah, I, I never really pursued it is a junior golfer, which I know a lot of people that come from a golf background have that junior golf experience. Um, for me, I didn't really reconnect with the game until I was a freshman in college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I mean, like, I guess just like, just to, just to take a, take a pause there. That's probably the coolest introduction to the game of golf I've I've ever heard. Um, like for for a starter, we like n- nearly every story that that you know that, that gets told on this podcast of, of how the how, how the person got into golf is nearly always, um, almost nearly always through um, a father, a grandfather, or or an uncle. Um, and it's and it obviously it's a case um, in in this instance. But like, wow! Like Spanish was it, it, it was it aircraft? It was it um, an airport base in in, in Spain? That's like. That's amazing. Like what? What, what, what year? There goes to Spain. Yeah. What? What year? Uh, nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety. Shit. So, so Sevi. Sevi was was uh, was probably in his prime, right? Yeah. That's uh, not that I can recall from personal no, memories, no. just from highlights. But <laughs> no, it's just it's just cool. It's just cool to look back and think like what your father's yeah. perspective of of golf was at that time, and like who are the names in his head when he thought about golf. Obviously, it was three years after Jack Nicklaus's '86 win. You got Greg Norman, who was who was Nick Faldo, um, Seve. Um, there's so many amazing great players around that. The sort of uh, the late '80s, early '90s. It's just cool to sort of think about being a spectator on that tee box 
what you hit the shop, but also what their thoughts of golf are at that moment in time. Um, I also yeah, find that fascinating. Sure. I find that so fascinating. Um, but yeah, so obviously you, you've uh, you've grown up with with golf being um, sort of on and off. Um, you get to college, you reconnect with the game. Um, do you get really good and you, you sort of get competitive and, and you find success that way, or do you just have more time? Like how how did golf enter your life again in in abundance? Yeah, so you know, with my parents being split, mm. golf and sports in general was really what I shared with my dad when I did go visit him. So he lived in Ohio and I would go visit him in Ohio as a kid, also in a small town, um, Springfield, Ohio, right outside. It's like 45 minutes away from Columbus. Um, so I'd go and visit him for a couple weeks at a time in the summer, or he'd come visit me for a weekend up in New York. And that was something we'd share together. Um, and sports too. So he was always really into sports and that was a bond that, that we had. Um, so going into college, I was actually going to college to play baseball and I was a pitcher and, uh, got to school freshman year and my arm by that point was just basically shot. And it was the difficult decision that I had to hang it up for good competitive baseball and ended up walking on the soccer team at the college. It was a D3 school, so nothing like too crazy. But I finished out freshman year, played soccer. And after that that year, I got a job at a golf course locally. I was majoring in sport management at the time. And I was like, all right, I need a job that's in sports. And I was like, okay, golf. Uh, I can go work at a golf course. Like that's way better than going and volunteering for like – the minor league baseball team and then missing baseball even more. So I went to the local golf course in Syracuse, got a job on the grounds crew and learned how to do everything maintenance wise from mowing tee boxes and greens to edging bunkers to fixing irrigation systems. And, you know, we'd get, get in there at like four 35 o'clock every morning and be done by two. So every day, all of us would just go out in our t-shirts and work clothes and, just whack the ball around. And, you know, I was probably the best out of the group just because I was, I had that golf background, so to speak. And a lot of those guys didn't. Um, and I just quickly got better. And the friends that I kind of started hanging out with at that time were golfers. And that's when I heard about the golf management program, the PGM program through the PGA of America. And, uh, at the time, since I wasn't playing baseball anymore and that school that I was going to at the time in Rochester, New York, wasn't the best fit for, for my goals now that sports wasn't what I was pursuing. And I ended up entering the professional golf management program down at NC state in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's what really hooked me on the game of golf was this first job, um, you know, on maintenance turf grass side of things. Um, and from there I've held just about any job you can think of at a golf course that's uh um, along that, the way yeah man that's uh i, I love that entrance in in, in but that, that sort of re-entry back into back into golf like you must have seen the golf course it's so many like epic times of the day like like you must you obviously saw sunrise every day um every day so, like your connection with like with the golf course like with, with the sort of the nature aspect um of it must have been so much so much tighter than what most of us um experience because often it's just you and a couple of workmen right out on the golf course. I guess it's quite sleepy. No one's really talking that much, and you're just you're starting you're starting your job. And I guess you get to look around and 
um, and just take in like some breathtaking, breathtaking scenery every single day. That must have been so cool. Yeah, you really wake up together, which is a special thing. Um, there's something that has always been powerful to me uh, with sunlight and the sun in general. And to be on a golf course at sunrise and being the only one out there, you know, besides the other people there with you. And seeing that come to life and being a part of maintaining that and bringing that to life, it's, it is a pretty special thing. Well, that like when you just said you, when you wake up together with someone that like, that like hit me, man, like, cause I've never thought about it like that, but I'm just picturing myself like walking down the first fairway at, at sunrise with it, with a good friend or whatever, and it being quite quiet. And then generally, you know, the sort of the, the, the pace of the conversation eventually picks up maybe on the second green and the third and you look back and you, and I, I don't know, like, I, I just find that quite like romantic in, in a way um, to, to think about you know, waking up together with another person again, like, it's evident from from your brand and from the way you're already talking about the game that your that your focus, your enjoyment, like the benefit you get from the game, is very much the connection with uh, with nature, but also but also people. And um, I'm going to take a presumptive guess here and and, and say that you know, they're, they're the sort of the founding principles on which Lion Loft was was born. Yeah, I would say it's the it's the, definitely. Um at the core of who I am as a person. And that translates into what you see with our brand and storytelling and the types of things that we do. Um, and alongside of that, on the people side more so, you know, there's this outdoor component that I'm very passionate about and we create products that are sustainable and using upcycled goods and things like that. Um, but on the people side, I'm very much passionate from, the background that I had and the introduction to golf that I had about making golf a welcoming place and make golf feel like home. Mm. So that's always been the mantra from day one is golf is home. And how can we, with our core values and as a game and an industry and, and you know, the people that are evangelists for the game, how do we truly make this a welcoming uh, game for people, both those that have never played golf before picked up Mm. their clubs or those that, play but maybe need some uh inspiration again and i know for me you know I'd, i went through another gap of time in my life where i completely got disconnected from golf and that was after i graduated college which that's jumping way ahead but um it's good yes you're right like to sum up that whole uh topic it is about the outdoors it's about connection to the course and it's about sharing that with other people yeah, especially the, 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 the sort of the, the the crazy times that we live in um, presently. I think uh, you know the more we remind people that golf really is like cleansing. It's like it, it's well for me anyway. It's, it's so therapeutic for um, for my mental well being um, and just general enjoyment to be out, out there in the course. I, I generally don't think about much else other than having a good time on the course, playing a golf, you know, playing golf, trying to, trying to hit a pure iron shot all, all round long. Um, so like, I, I think at these times, like I, I just want to sort of stress if your local golf course is open, um, like go, go out and play some golf in these, in these weird and wonderful times. Um, if nothing else, you're going to, you're going to enjoy yourself. Um, and I think, people in isolation uh, you know, may, may struggle on their own, especially people who, who, uh, who enjoy and benefit from human interaction. So um, I think golf could be, could be a good, uh, good answer to that. Yeah. And coupled with that too, um, take it as a time to reconnect to your home. I think we can get detached from our home. And to me, 
that's the second half of the equation, right? Is off the course. And what we do product wise is create things that are tangible, that connect you to the golf course and connect you to golf in general. And how can you make a house feel more like a home? And during this time of, of isolation or where, you know, we're taking much more time um, in our homes, how, what can we do or how can we take that time to, you know, make it feel more homey or, you know, take the time to clean and reorganize and plant things and cook and, you know, just like reconnect to those wholesome things that make a house at home. Oh, I, I so hopefully our yeah. products can help do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm literally loving every single word that's come like pouring out your mouth because it just connects with me so much. Um, I, I'm lucky. I've I moved in with a with a flatmate um, around around six seven weeks ago who I'd never never met before, um, and she's she bought like seven or eight plants for the for the living area, the communal living area with the kitchen and lounge and and, and desk etc. And I can't tell you the difference it's made. Like I absolutely love where I live. I don't think I'd have loved it as much if I didn't pay attention or if my flatmate didn't pay attention to like, to what you put around you. Like we always talk about you know, the people you surround yourself with. You're the, you're the product of your environment, right? You're the, you're the product of who you surround yourself with. But that's not all, that's not always people. It can also be uh, the place which you surround yourself as well. Like, like I, 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 have you got like a, a nice setup, you know, so to speak, is it relaxing? Like, um, like, do you live near a green area? Do you like green area? Like, uh, are you are you really utilizing um, the space around you to to, to benefit? Um, so I think it's an amazing point you make. So I want I want to dive deep in, into Lion Loft, right? Like, I we quite clearly love the mantra, love the founding principles, love what you've got to say about about golf and and, and about your brand. What, like, what did you start off by uh, by making or, or or selling or producing? Yeah. Um, from the beginning, it was, it was this idea of how can we connect the golf course that you're passionate about to your home? So okay. everyone has that place where they're like, this golf course is home. Right. Mm. And for me, uh, with my dad, it was Snyder park in Springfield, Ohio. So like one of the course first course maps I ever drew to turn into a, a print was for my dad, um, of Snyder park, which unfortunately was shut down, um, and turned into a dog park or not even a dog dog park, but it's just open area now. It's, it's open space. Oh, okay. um, they weren't able to keep it open through the city. So for me, it was like, how can I take these places that people are passionate about and create artwork that reminds them of those places? Um, so that's really the the basis of the products. We started originally with course maps, and we still do that today. We work with golf courses all over the country, all over the U.S. and all over the world, really, um, which we're still expanding on that front um, to help connect their golf course to to their patrons' homes. That's, that's right. definitely that's, evolved that's, from them from there. That, yeah. that, 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 that's 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 so cool because like the, the angle that I didn't think about um, when I first sort of approached you to come on the podcast was actually the benefit you're providing for the courses because golf courses everywhere are struggling. Like unless you. Unless you're in these sort of like hot top beds areas, like for, for for the UK, you've got that you've got the northwest sort of um, you know coastal region where it's just littered with amazing golf courses, like dedicated members, etc. But for the most part, golf courses across the world are, are struggling. 
Um, and what you've done there, you're, you're, you're creating another, another option for revenue and brand for a business if you're producing a, you know, a product catalog for them um, that connects the golf course to the local area. And maybe you, you might be able to, you know, f- from producing these goods, create a connection with members who may have quit nine years ago and joined somewhere else or haven't played golf in three years or whatever. But you, you, you're sort of bridging that gap between um, the consumer and golf course. Um, and anything that attracts people to the local golf course is a, is a good thing in my eyes. Yeah. We do a lot of tournament gifts too uh, now uh, to where things like that, where you're running an event, there's something memorable about that specific event too, um, where keeps them coming back year after year right so there's yeah there's a lot to it it's like if you can be something that's hanging on someone's wall like if someone is passionate enough about your brand or your golf course to put a print of your you know mark or course on your wall like that's something pretty special right and that's gonna remind them of where home home is right and get them back out on the golf course again yeah absolutely and and like it's it's weird, like all the brands I end up speaking to because I like because I pick out who I want to speak with because I, I I get the impression either from speaking with people or just viewing the content that they're um, that they're a progressive brand. But it's so evident with every business that we've spoke to on the podcast. Like the, the, there's one thing that remains um, in common with everyone. It's how consumer focused you guys are. Um, I think that's the I think really that's the heart of any successful brand or business. Is how much how how many fucks do you give about who you're who you're trying to do business with, and mm-hmm. that's where your business starts. Your business starts with connecting the consumer to golf and, and wanting to create products and services around that connection. Um, so like I, I absolutely love that concept. Um, so I guess bravo to you, man. Like kudos. I I I hope you continue continue to grow because it's uh, it's so evident that you really do care about about the end consumer. We appreciate that. Yeah. I hope we continue to grow too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lion Loft then, um, well, how many years in? How, how, how many years ago did you start this? Five years. Five, okay. Seems like yesterday. Wow. Uh, actually, it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's and been I, a long road. It's been a tough road. Well, I, I, I can imagine because it, it's a golf industry, right? So like, unless, you, unless you're sort of, uh, unless you're starting out with, with tons of cash and um and maybe like a, it's a partner that can that can help you in some way. It's difficult. Like any any business is difficult. Um, so I, I I can imagine like I, I can appreciate as well firsthand that it's difficult to get a golf business going in a in industry with seemingly seemingly less and less money at the local level. I think when people think about golf, they think about money because um, often it's the they perceive it as the rich or elite sport. So they associate it with country clubs. They associate it with the PJ Tour where. These players are making you know multi, like millions of millions of dollars every single year, um, but really, you know, the, when you when you look at the amateur level and the local level, um, there's not much money, and you've got to really uh, innovate and um, and care about your customer to to survive, I guess. Um, but let's I, I, what I want to talk about now, Luke. I, I, I just in case the viewers haven't have, haven't heard of you, if if you go into um, Luke's personal Instagram page, I'm sure it's on it's on the Lion Loft. Um, Luke did this incredible golf trip uh, with his buddy down the, down the Pacific um, Pacific Northwest Coast. I, I guess it was was a PCH one. You you uh, you cycled down. You biked down. Yeah, we biked down uh, the one hundred and one and one. Yeah, 
Wow. So like, I, well, I, here's me trying to tell the story, Luke. Up over to you, man. Like, yeah, what 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 happened? Like, tell what what inspired this trip? Um, how was it? And then what 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 inspired? What did it inspire you to do afterwards? Yeah. Um, well, first, I, I need to personally thank um, the person in the company that really like brought me back into golf. So I'll even back it up because this is important for the basis of the trip. Um, so after college, after working in the golf industry as a golf professional, I worked at TPC Sawgrass and Westchester Country Club and Upper Montclair specifically. Wow. Um, I decided that the golf industry was not for me. And I went into software and technology sales. I did that for about four or five years um, and completely forgot about golf. Like I would play wow. with friends again, similar to high school where I just go out a couple times a year, but I was pretty burnt out to be honest. And who brought me back to the game was Jeff Cunningham over at link soul and link soul in general. Um, and John and Ashworth and the work that, that they've done their entire lives really with the game of golf and, um, their perspective of golf when it comes to people. Um, so for me, seeing a brand, this was back in like 2013, maybe when mm. I first 2012, 2013, when I first found out about link soul, um, that hooked me back in the golf and I joined a, a club, um, old Chatham families from North Carolina, was uh, out at Old Chatham for a while and ended up working for Link Soul actually, along with a couple other like-minded brands. And I hit the road. I was a traveling sales rep. And at the time it was incredible, like being able to be reconnected to the game again, uh, being a part of multiple brands missions that were what I was about to. So those other companies were Jones, Golf Bags, Seamus, and new era so link sold jones Seamus, new era and i was a traveling salesman basically um and playing a lot of golf <laughs> and those and, guys those guys are yeah. based jones and Seamus are based out of, out of uh portland right yeah they're in the portland area and link soul is down in oceanside san diego area california awesome. um so yeah i have i have link soul specifically to thank for getting me hooked on the game again and that's nuts like sorry, this, sorry, 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 to, trip. sorry to put in here man i, I just want i just want to yeah. make it i just want to make a point because i think it's important that anyone who who, who listens to this understands that like if you're thinking about creating a, a, a golf brand doing whatever like whatever if it's authentic to you you've got real you've got a real power to like um to to inspire someone to to play the game and what linksall has done is i guess provided Luke with a with a with a, a business career new mission um, a new passion for I guess life and the work that he does so I, I just want to make a point there like like brands have have the power to inspire people um, so if you're thinking about doing it and you and you and you're, you're sort of sitting on the fence because you're worried about what's next like just jump right in and do what's authentic to you because it, it has so much power yeah yeah and at the time I left uh, I was the VP of sales at a tech startup that. I was employee sales employee number one and employee number six. And now they've got like 40, 50 sales people on staff. And do I like look back and think like, Oh man, what did I leave? Like, sure. But I, that's such a fleeting thought. Like immediately I'm like, I'm doing what I love every day. And yeah. 
So that was like the bridge for me to be able to leave the cushy job making, you know, a good salary and uh, having good work-life balance and that sort of thing to like grind and do something I'm passionate about and like not sit in the office like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm here, but like, am I really here? Yeah. Yeah, I feel um, So worked for Link Soul, Joan, Seamus, New Era, traveling all the time. At the time, I had already had the idea for Lion Loft. It's been, it'd been something I'd been working on while um, two jobs prior, even before, before this one I was at, it's always been like, a, it's been a, you know, a brainchild for me for a long time. Um, again, it's just like who you are in your DNA. Um, you know, like when it comes to being an entrepreneur, like it's, yeah. it's in your blood. So I knew at some point I would need to fully go all in and um, was just kind of like, you know, working really hard until I knew it was the right time. And this trip was kind of when it, I wasn't planning on this trip to be that moment, but uh, it happened after the trip happened, it, it happened and it was time to focus fully on line loft. Awesome. So I, I can um, so yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> going back to the trip. <laughs> so going back to the trip. So that's kind of some backstory on the trip. So again, much thanks to link soul and, and everyone else in the golf industry back in the, early 2010 time frame that reintroduced me to the game. So yeah, this trip, my friend, uh, Pete, he's ridden a bike across the country before he's an animal. He played golf in the army, um, West point and, uh, he served overseas multiple tours. Um, just an, an even nicer guy than he is an animal, uh, <laughs> as far as just being a physical specimen and, just someone you want on your side. The salt, you know? the salt, assassin. He's also just he sounds a like a friend. salt assassin. <laughs> yeah. He's also an entrepreneur here locally in Raleigh. Um, he runs, we got to meet through his, his startup business. Um, he started a really cool barbershop uh, in Raleigh and it's expanded now to six or seven locations now. So he's wow. also crushing it on the entrepreneurial front. Um, but he asked me, he's like, Hey man, you're the only person I know that is crazy enough to do this trip that I have in my mind. And I want you to, I want to do this. Like, let's do this. <laughs> and pulls out this, this itinerary and he's like, you in? And without even like thinking twice, I said, yes. And couldn't tell you the last time I biked before, <laughs> like growing up as a kid living in the countryside, I had like, you know, a hybrid type of like mountain bike type of thing. And would bike to school sometimes i live like five minutes from five miles sorry five miles from school so sometimes i'd bike to school um or you know just bike across the countryside and explore but nothing like biking across the country or biking 900 miles down the coast so <laughs> it was something that was definitely foreign but i was like there's no way i'm saying no to this like if there's anything that entrepreneurship and um life has taught me is like if you're kind of hesitant about something or like scared about something exciting like you just say yes and do it and figure it out <laughs> that's um like that's that's such a like a, a nuts thing to to, to take on like I, i'm almost jealous that i haven't got well actually having said that i've got one one i think everyone's got that one friend right if you if you've got a crazy idea that you just want to do um you kind of know who to go to to talk about with um and you've actually inspired me. I've, I've I've always thought about doing something crazy like that related to golf. Never known quite what, but uh, this is, this has definitely inspired me. Um, 
So like uh, logistics wise, you, you, your friend comes to you and he's like, "What you want to cycle? You want to bike nine hundred miles down the coast and with the, with the golf bags on our back? Like like uh, <laughs> what, what was the proposition? I, I'm interested. Like, did he have a PowerPoint up for you? Like, did he present this trip to you or did, like uh, like how, how how like how how deeply were the logistics worked out? Yeah, yeah. yeah so Pete uh, is definitely an organized. Uh, guy someone that prepares and he definitely had the proposed itinerary planned out um the the focus was how do we sorry my bulldog no, in the background you might hear him barking a little bit for a second <laughs> um yeah it was like the first focus is hey like what are the golf courses we're gonna play right like this stretch of coastline is plumb full of crazy good golf and we kind of mapped that out and secondarily are like where are the cool places to camp like what are some and you know pacific northwest you don't have to look very far no. so it worked out we you know it took a couple of months of planning the itinerary um we planned on doing around 60 miles of biking every day and then play nine or 18 holes of golf um i think we ended up playing 19 golf courses in that trip um, but yeah we <laughs> <laughs> going into it we did like some tests like some training and yeah, we had to figure out like logistically how are we can actually bike with golf clubs. Right. And he had, he had found this trailer by Travoy, um, that attaches to a bike. And we also had, uh, panniers, you know, the little saddlebags that go on yeah. a bike. Um, but with that being said, I mean, we we're cutting our toothbrushes in half to save weight. So it, it was, uh, <laughs> not, yeah, we did a lot of, trial testing and we actually did a test run a week out from the from the trip uh, when we we're supposed to fly out from raleigh to dormy club in pinehurst which is about 70 it's 71 miles to be exact <laughs> from my house and so pete and i are like all right and to this time i still hadn't biked more than like 10 miles at a time um, it's kind of like train for a marathon, right? You're like, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. I'm not going <laughs> to run the full amount of a marathon when I train. Um, but I, funny story. We're like 20 miles in on this bike ride. And I'm like, Pete, why can I not keep up with you? Like, why am I struggling so much? It seems like you're doing fine. Like, and I'm pedaling. I feel like just as hard as you in the same gear. Like we're trying to coast together and stuff. And we stop and pull over and look and, I had pinched the back brake on my bike when I put my panniers on that night before when I had put the rack on. <laughs> so that entire time, <laughs> the first 20 miles of the trip, I had been biking with the brakes locked oh on the back God. tire. <laughs> so um, got that fixed. Um, the rest of the trip was freaking hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, <laughs> it did, well, it, my legs. It didn't sound easy, pal. Like, I, I wasn't convinced it was a, it was a walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> i've never felt fatigue like that i mean my legs went into shock i had to stop multiple times and and barely walk like my legs kept cramping up and yeah it was it was a weird sensation and we finally made it to dormy club i remember like getting off my bike and hugging the sign just like falling into the sign <laughs> hugging it um make our way up and Rudy, who was the director of golf at the time, greeted us and was like, you guys ready to play golf? <laughs> I was like, I think I'm going to need a cart. But Pete ended up walking because our plan was to walk this entire trip too. So bike, walk, you know, we're like powering our way down the coast. And uh, I had to take a cart. My, I couldn't walk. Uh, so Pete walked and 
that night we camped out on the 18th green, which was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's, well, we'll get back to that, but you know, camping on a golf course is goes back to the maintenance turf grass times in my life where you wake up with the sun and hear the sights and sounds, but to go sleep on a golf course, that's a whole nother animal. Right. So wow. that, that anyways, must have been like, fast forward, that must've been like so nostalgic for you. Like, like to, to get that connection again, like you're like, Oh, wow. This, this is strangely familiar. Well, at the time I was, uh, freaking out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like I wasn't able to really for what it was at that moment. Um, my body was in shock and I was like, I don't know. You were suffering. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it was a week away and we're supposed to do this 900 mile trip. That's going to be covered by golf digest. And like, you know, like there's a lot of pressure to get this trip completed. And, uh, I was like, Pete, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like you've biked across the country. Like, I don't, he's like, you're fine. Your body will adjust. You know, so I'm freaking out. Right. And I don't really sleep that well. And in camping in general, you don't really sleep well the first night, but that next morning we get up and pack up and go. And I I made it halfway back to Raleigh. So 35 miles back. And I had to call, (laughs) I had to call, uh, employee at the time to come pick me up because my, yeah, my legs, my knee specifically, I was, it was beyond uh, like cramping. It was like something structural here might be hurt. Um, if anyone's ever biked, you know, 60 plus miles in a day, imagine adding a trailer and two preneurs to that bike, um, with camera gear and camping equipment and clothes and cosmetics and, you know, everything you need to go to live on a bike for two weeks. Um, and that's what we were towing. So <laughs> it took me like two days to recover at least. And I told Pete, I was like, Pete, I've got to find an alternative way. Otherwise I don't think I can make it. And I don't want to hold back this trip. So I actually ended up researching, um, pedal assist bikes, which for those not familiar, it's still a bike in terms of you pedal normally. Um, but then when you need it, it does have, um, a little motor on it to where you can add some oomph to the, to the pedaling process and help you move the, the spokes around, you know? So it had, uh, it was, it was an option that I was like, I think this is the route I need to go. And it still afforded me the flexibility of biking. And then if I needed a little bit of like emergency help, uh, I had that in my back pocket and it, turned out to be the best decision I've ever I've ever made as far as this, getting this trip knocked out. I don't think I would have been able to do it otherwise. And Pete, Pete did, which is crazy. What getting was, to see him yeah. do that, do the, perform this physical feat every day was so inspiring. <laughs> it's it, um, crazy. Yeah, man. Like it, it, it just sounds like, like an incredible trip, but it, it, it sounds so like so much like golf, right? Like it's uh, for anyone who starts, it's a it's a painful experience, right? You've got to you've got to almost fall over the process, um, and it's almost about the the process and not not the end result. But what it does, it, it creates this sort of um, utopian sensation of when you when you hit your first pure iron shot, or you get your first birdie, or or you drain your first forty foot putt. Like I guess it was the same sort of sensation when you when you're biking nine hundred miles and playing 19 golf courses in two weeks. Like I bet the feeling of ending that trip was one of a real accomplishment and fulfillment. Yeah, it was, 
<laughs> at that moment and I it probably still is like the most surreal two weeks of my life I have done other trips since and prior that were pretty cool but that one specifically um, gave me so much inner confidence and it's like if I can do this like I can do anything so that's uh, uh yeah that, 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 that's, that's so cool and I guess that that, that trip then inspired you to to maybe think about creating experiences of, of your own, right? Yeah. Um, you know, beyond that trip, um, Lion Loft became the full-time focus. It, it, by that point, it had grown to where I couldn't keep up anymore. Um, I couldn't keep up with everything that I had going on with the other brands. You know, I was fully dedicated to growing their territories and, um, I was, it was just a bitter. It was like such a tough decision and and hard to do to like basically have to end that time with those companies and representing that what they're doing. But it was time for me to rip off the bandaid and go at it myself. So, I, mean, I, I can imagine being bittersweet because you you're working with guys who have perhaps sort of repurposed your your career and, and maybe your life in a lot of ways and um, and, and help make lion loft a reality so i i can imagine that must have been a been a tough decision but being golf business owners themselves i bet they were they're also quite proud and saw themselves um in you a little bit and be like oh he's he's ready or um best look to him like like we're, we're proud of him almost yeah i hope so yeah yeah that, 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 that's yeah awesome. so yeah that trip um has been inspirational and influential and basically the stories that we do tell and the things that we do uh, as a company we we take golf trips a lot we uh and we camp a lot and that we also put on our own golf events and golf experiences um you know guided golf experiences to where it's like this is such an incredible thing and and getting to camp on a golf course during that bike trip that's what sparked the idea for this this uh, experience that we run and started, um, home on the range where we actually offer that to our consumer base. Uh, we partner up with golf courses and, um, sell tickets to have golfers come and camp out for a weekend and play as much golf as you can and, uh, have a good time. You know, there's people that have never camped before that are coming and there's people that really golf before they're coming and hanging out. So it's cool to, yeah, like start to merge some of these cultures, subcultures uh, together and uh, getting outdoors and just like experiences in general are very important to what we do. I um, I, uh, I heard a saying about um, maybe nine years ago now that sort of uh, heavily impacted the way I like to live my life. And it's the, the business of life is the acquisition of memories. Um, and that's so central to why we as human beings love experiences like what why else are we alive if not to um grow and enjoy um and love and smile and laugh and progress through um through experiences around based around your passion um and like i'm I'm on i'm on your website now um and it's like you've you've got your branding down to an absolute t like when i look at lion loft i'm thinking like nature focused organic um ex- experiential um sort of adventure focused like it, it's everything that i love about um about an approach to life like i know i've commended you already on the podcast but like it it, it keeps getting more and more impressive the more i uh, the more i get to know you the more i get to know get to know the brand 
um yeah like it's, it's yeah it's, fun it's, fun it's tidbit on the logo actually um so the when we were designing that uh it was like how do we do a flag a golf flag that's different and for us a golf flag was important because that's like the staple right like mm. that sound of like slamming the pin in or like the sound of the golf ball hitting the stick or even like staring down the pin from the fairway you know like that's such a powerful visual right like the, the stick the, the flag stick mm. is such a powerful part of the game and the mark of home for us and so we we're like a golf flag at rest like that is what the meaning of home is right so it's turbulent or windy or rainy or you know like what does a golf flag at rest look like because so many logos are done with this golf flag that's like sticking out sideways i'm like how often is a golf sticking out sideways and if you stop and look like if you truly stop and start looking at golf photos of flags they usually you'll be able to see our logo in them and that's like what stood out to us and uh like a a flag laying down like calm and that flag in our logo is made out of two up so l and l that's Um, uh that's cool that's really cool yeah there's a lot of like nuances to our branding that it is a very minimal brand identity um simple but there is a lot of thought into all of it um it's all connected to something in some way that's, that's awesome. and that goes back to the name too you know lion loft connecting golf to the home um you know the word loft and plays it a lot play it as it lies give it some loft is always a thing we say so there's just a lot there's a lot of yeah, symmetry uh, a, a, a lot of yeah branding. Absolutely, and it and it and it and it reigns true when you when you sort of uh, when you when you look at your guys' brand and website. Um, tell me more about Home of the Range. So, like, how many how many Home of the Ranges are you in? Um, yeah, I guess we'll start with that. How, how many how many of you guys done? So we partnered up with Tobacco Road um, in Pinehurst, Pinehurst area, Sanford, North Carolina, specifically. Mm-hmm. Tobacco Road's been an incredible partner in this. Um, done it with them this is coming up on our third time with them um and we've also done plenty of other golf events besides just home on the range but yeah. for home on the range specifically third year um th- third year doing it and this year we're expanding to all- other venues that we can't release yet um but super super exciting uh new home on the range is coming this year and then you know hopefully that just keeps keeps on growing like the other stuff that we do and we get to bring this experience to, you know, golf courses all over the world, hopefully. Awesome. And how many, how many people do you expect to like to, to come on, on home the range? How many people are usually together? So we cap it. So we sell out, um, at the at tobacco road, we cap it at 72. Okay. Currently we've thought about maybe increasing that and have six sums per hole, but we do like to keep it at four per hole max so that everyone even when it's everyone on the golf course at once we can keep things and uh it's a it's a good number but at these other properties we're looking at that number's going up because there's more holes and more things to do so we're looking to build in other parts of the experience which would be really cool yeah that that, that is man and do you do you see sort of home in the range and, and, and these experiences as the front runner for what you want the Lion Loft um, brand to be um, to be remembered by, by by people. Do you think this is very much a legacy, or do you see it more as just another service as part of your wholesome offering? I think uh, I think it will be part of what we're for sure. This whole experiential side of golf, I think, is important to create new experiences for golfers and 
that's going to attract, you know, like I said, people from these other pastimes to golf. How can we make it more welcoming? Um, we also, from day one, have shot all of our own photography and uh, content in-house, um, myself primarily, or, um, you know, past designers or people on staff that we have. Um, so shout out, Andy, if you're listening. Uh, we got Joey on board now. So everything, um, yeah, there's a lot that we do. Um, so I wouldn't say home on the range is like the end all be all thing that no. we want to hundred percent focus on, but it's a big tangible part beyond like our products to where we can create community, um, like a tangible community, which is cool. Yeah. It really gives that's, a platform. That's really the intent. It gives people the yeah. platform to touch, feel, see, hear like your brand um and get get to know you like on a much deeper level than what you could ever um experience just on a two-dimensional print right um although yeah. that's, that's cool like there's just something about community that um that's that, that's more connecting to us as as, as human beings well i i guess uh, i guess most of us anyway um i've uh I, i've i've moved in I, I moved to amsterdam around um when was it sort of eight weeks ago um and i've got this new podcast set up right where, where i do the podcast from um i i like my setup i've got i've got a nice lamp i've got a bonsai tree got a candle got some books like it's looking good man but the uh nice. there's a like big there's a big space <laughs> there's a huge space behind me that needs filling so we're gonna have to discuss uh what we can get done to have a, have a line loft print behind there. Cause I've got a feeling hey, you, you, you would, I've got a feeling you understand me already. Um, so yeah. I, I love, I love to chat off air about that. Yeah. That's something that I'm super passionate about too, is and that's like really what got me started on the actual product side of what we do. Uh, I, I want to help people too, with making their house feel like a home. Um, so if I can, this is for like the people listening, if, if line loft, you know, can, help out more with content with like how to actually stage place spaces. Um, you know, how do we do that effectively? Like how do we share, you know, like I can stare at a blank room and have a vision for how I would want to stage that or like create a feeling in that space, whether it's like a simulator room or an office or kitchen or, you know, living room. Yeah. And that includes the mixture of artwork and plants and colors and, space and light like all that stuff so how do we how do how do we make it easier to you know inspire you to actually go forward with like picking out artwork and investing in art i think that's another thing that's important is you know some people are like sticker shocked like oh man a print is 50 bucks right or you know whatever it is or a frame prints 200 bucks well it's like how long is that gonna last you compared to like the last time you bought a 30 dollars or something right like mm. or a t-shirt um, this is something that you can hang on your wall forever or pass down to your kids um, it's something that's going to give you much more pleasure that you see every day it's not in a drawer somewhere. so to me like investing in art in your home and your space is super important for your own health and psyche and who you are as a person yeah i i almost think as well like having this conversation um I almost see like an opportunity for for maybe a, a progression on home in the range where you incorporate almost like a, an exhibition style like interior design come art project along alongside the golf experience. Yeah, 
I mean, we do arts and crafts at our events too. Um, oh, wow. Which is a little, <laughs> it's, it's along the same lines, but like, you know, we, we do arts and crafts and, uh, Josh Davis, who's one of our homies, uh, with Lionloft, he's actually an art teacher for his full-time job, but he, uh, he invented the golf ball coaster that we make, um, as well as a ton of paintings and prints that are hand done. Uh, I think that's important. Like, how do we get people to not be afraid of drawing themselves, like draw or paint, even if you think you suck, like just making something with your hands is pretty cool. Uh, and if you can incorporate that in your house, like it's not hard to get a canvas, get some paint and just, even if you're, if you're just messing around with colors, right? Like just do some stuff and <laughs> see what you come up with, you know? I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, like, we, we incorporate yeah. that into our experiences. That's uh, that, that's amazing because like like someone like me would never dream of, of of doing anything like that. Um, to to see what I could perhaps make, even if it is the shittest thing you've you've ever seen, it uh, it, it it's still quite cool to know that you've that you've made it right. That's yours. Yeah. Um, and what I want to know now, Luke, you, you, you're five years in, you've developed this brand, um, you, you've created a community undoubtedly, created some great you know, services and products, um, and brought a ton of value to the golf industry. But what does the next five years look like for you? Like, well, where do you see Lion Loft in, um, in five years time? What do you hope, um, it's, it's, it's given back? Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's couple different things that that we're trying to do the first is again make the game more welcoming so if we can continue to grow our event part of the business um and focus on that golfer that's or the person that's never played golf the non-golf um looking back in five years if we can see an impact there hey that's that's huge that's that's a goal and i'm, I'm a pga member myself too i'm a pga professional okay so that's a big part of what we are trying to do as a membership and association is grow the game. Obviously I know it's a buzzword, but truly like grow the game. And I think we do, we do that in a really unique way, which um, secondarily the environment um, we are working on our B core certification. Um, So that that's a goal in the next five years. I've also got another company in the works that is, uh, fully 100% focused on sustainability. Um, but with Lion Loft specifically, that that is something that we evaluate every day with our products and uh, packaging and just even like turning lights off in the space and using candles. Like we usually just work in natural light every day. Um, making products like we make ball marks out of clay so that it's, uh, you know, like an actual resource that breaks down versus plastic. Um, we're going to continue to really try and, uh, push sustainability. Um, and then thirdly, creativity, um, we're going to continue to push the envelope with, and this is something that, you know, sometimes as a business owner that has a creative mind, it's tough because I'm like stuck working in the business all the time. Um, when I really want to be creating and to create, you need like very, (laughs) <laughs> almost like i don't know it's tough like you need space you need time you need clear head a clear head um so i think as a company we're gonna really just keep trying to push the creative envelope and giving us 
giving ourselves the time and space to do that and try not to um, lose sight of that because that's what we started on from day one. That's uh, that, that's so cool. Like I um, if if you listen to I get I think it's episode sixty of season one. We we had a conversation with Thomas Wrighton. Um, I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I do. Yeah, yeah, Thomas is a is a homie for sure. Oh, awesome! Yeah, like talented we, guy. We uh, yeah, we 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 spoke to him for about. Well, I guess the podcast just was about an hour and in a bit or whatever it was. But I think we spent must have spent like twenty minutes on the creative process and what it takes for you to like what it takes for someone to create. And I guess people don't really think about it as much, but like, if you listen to the way musicians talk about the music, um, it's very similar, right? You've got, you've got to be in this like really authentic, like clear space in order to create. And like you say, if you're, if if, if that's your asset and that's where you see your strong point in your business, um, it's often hard to get creative when, all you're doing is grinding and, and, and trying to make the numbers work out. And, you know, you're looking taxes at packaging, ordering, payroll taxes, and... payroll, <laughs> like all this stuff isn't very in- inclusive. Yeah. Like that stuff generally isn't quite, isn't inspiring, is it? Like, um, so I, I, I'm, I'm a, it must be nice for you when you get to sort of stage. I know you've got a couple of employees now um, where, you know, you can sort of delegate um, those types of jobs to, to other people. So you can focus on, on what, what you think you're, you're particularly strong at. Yeah, it's hard. That's that's been the hardest part of growing a business is how do you yeah, like let go and be able to segment those things in different silos and yeah, like creating is is really hard when you have <laughs> when you have like $5,000 in your bank account and you've yeah. got $15,000 worth of bills in 2 weeks and you're like, "All right, I need to sell stuff. Like how do I sell stuff?" Or like you know, you have customer, <laughs> yeah. like your inbox is flooded and you have like all these. And meanwhile, it's like, oh man, tax season, I got to pay taxes. And it's just like, yeah, there's just so much to where it's really hard to carve out that time for creative process. But it's, if you actually, if you look back at our content this past year, it has slowed down drastically. Um, and at one point, I think we didn't post on Instagram for three months. I was just so burnt out with creating content. And then also just the vacuum that Instagram is, Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of content being ripped off and things like that, where it's just like, all right, well, it's not going to create. I'm just like beat down at this creating. I'm just going to business and like do the day to day that no one sees that goes on behind the scenes. But uh, we're out the other side now, like we've got great people on board. Yeah. It's still a learning process every day. I don't think it ever a startup is, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but um, wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, I, I love how I love how honest you are about your about your approach there, because I think going back to the whole Instagram thing, what a lot of people see with um, with startup brands, they you know they they just see what the owner's um, sort of perceived level of success is, right? Like the watch he's got on that might be fake or gifted, like the fake private jet that's being rented. Like they don't see what what starting a business and a brand actually is, and a lot of it's dirty work that isn't glamorous at all um so it's cool that you've spoken about that in a very uh, very honest and and upfront way and it's also cool that you're probably at a stage now where you know you're five years in you've got a couple of employees perhaps you're on an upward curve where where you where you can sort of put way more of your time um into creating which which will make the business go quicker um I, i really hope that to be the case i think that's uh i think that's quite um um synonymous with a lot of startups right like the first five years are tough 
if you can get through them, you get your cash flow right, you can start spending your time in the business where it's going to drive the business growth the most, which is incidentally where you're where you're best at. And for you, it's spending time creating. Um, so, like, I, I'm excited for what for what the next five years uh, has in store for 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 Lion Law for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> um, yeah, you yeah, must be mad. for sure. Um, Look, I, I guess we're we're approaching the hour mark. I, I don't want to take up too much more, more of your time, Luke. We could, I guess, we could we could easily speak all day. Um, but you've got a business to run, <laughs> so look, yeah. There's uh, every day I'm I'm touching prints and cutting down prints and shipping orders, and we're all we're all touching the products that you, that you receive, and if you order from us, so. and we still to this day write a handwritten note for each and every single order on a recycled scorecard. So um, a scorecard that we've gotten turned in Genius. from golf courses versus them being thrown out in the track so we uh yeah it's every day we're gonna keep on so pumping. many cool so many cool concepts incorporating <laughs> what you do man that's like that's that's incredible um you keep coming up with these like pocks of magic i'm like jesus this guy's good um but look thank you for th- thank you for coming on and taking the time um really appreciate it like uh i, I really really love this podcast like Every everything from your sort of personal connection to golf, how it started um, in Spain with, with your dad at one and a half years old, um, how you know you, the majority of your childhood was 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 being an outdoorsy guy and, and almost being a man in the house very at, at a very young age, and then your reintroduction into the game, um, you know the, those early mornings on, on on the golf courses doing doing all the uh, the hard labour work, I guess doing the uh, doing the maintenance on on the greens, bunkers, fairways, etc. Um, falling out of love with the game again when you've when you sort of maybe got caught up in the whole um, the whole rat race and, and and working a job you perhaps weren't passionate about to then be reintroduced to the game um, by some OGs <laughs> of, of 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 golf brands like with with the guys of Linksol, Seamus, and Jones. Uh, your, your amazing trip with Jeff and um, and the and the inspiration you took from it to to go full time with Lion Loft and then now to a position where you've got Lion Loft too. Um, it's been a, it's been a full circle podcast. It's been a, you know full of knowledge bombs. I hope the guys listening have one I guess enjoyed it from an entertainment perspective. Um, two learned learned a hell of a lot about maybe how to about how to how to go about their day to day in terms of like living for the passion, um, but in, in the knowledge that it isn't easy um, and it is pretty tough, um, but it's it's well worth the reward. So I, I think it's been an excellent podcast. It's brought a ton of value to the listeners, um, and yeah, man, th- thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and uh, thanks for what you're doing to support the game. Not at all, Luke. Thanks so much, man. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Appreciate it.